Hey, what's your language, mate? Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Guys, really special announcement. Have to stop the episode to tell you we have launched a Patreon and we are already only three people away from our first grand milestone. We'll tell you more about that after the episode. But first of all, we want to thank you because it is you guys, our valued listeners, who make this possible. And everyone that reaches out on social media and writes reviews, gives us those five stars. It is phenomenal the amount of feedback that we've gotten for this show and we're awesomely grateful guys it's been amazing without any further ado though i have some shout outs to give because our patrons are very very valued so matthew and philip all the way from nashville thank you so much for your patronage brian luke david ben and billy you are our first patrons and we just want to thank you we hope you enjoy all of our exclusive bonus content on our patreon And for everybody who is thinking that they would like to support the show in any way, shape or form, the Patreon link for you guys is in the show notes below. Thank you so much just for listening, guys. And as always, we hope you enjoy. I won't waste any of your time. Let's get back to the episode. All right, we are around the table here with the Forgotten Four. We have Rengar, Morvan, Barnabas, and also Gorgon Bort. And you guys, is there a city you're not going to burn something down in? Or I didn't know that we burned anything down before, have leave, we? Leave an impact everywhere. Yeah, yeah. We, we need to leave our mark somewhere, you know. The calling card. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, don't worry, can, we'll be forgotten soon. You can follow our journey by, by uh, buildings burnt. All right, so last time we left off, you guys survived an assassination attempt made at Morven and Ren through Message in the Stars, the generationally old tabaxi. Uh, him wanting to do so for a reason that is his own and Morven, uh, sorry, Rangar's has an idea of why as well. During this event, you guys were able to escape out the back and see Message in the Stars comforting some villages as this burning wreck of an inn slash tavern at Rostodon crumbled. You now have the idea to go and get out of this place ASAP. So... As you make your way through the streets of Rostodon, there are more and more people heading towards this central spire to check out what had happened or to simply find a loved one that may have been there. You can see some rushing moving in the area. And as you look around in the background, you can see this pillar of black smoke that goes off into the night desert sky. The churning sound of the sand below you is still happening. And as you walk across some of the sturdier looking rope bridges, you have a goal in mind. Are we thinking to steal the ship or find safe passage through one of the various other people that could be I don't persuaded tr- into helping us? I don't trust us? anyone that's here, to be honest. Uh, uh, I think the old man has too much pull. I seem to trust people that are pirate that would be around if we can find someone like that. Because as far as any of us go, I don't feel anyone here can pilot a... A ship. All right, we should maybe ask, try to maybe bluff our way onto the ship. If messaging stars just sent an assassin, not an outright. He probably doesn't want to. Probably doesn't want the whole town thinking that he's just going out. Yeah, doing shit. So So I don't necessarily think we're marked men in the entire city. We also know that a certain Leonin. And the ship we came in on oh, are not really off. in favour. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you did, but we know that they're not really in favour here and they seem to ferry mm. their way around quite a lot also. I could step up to the case and say sorry. 
you and could. I'm sure if we offered <laughs> some gold, it would help motivate people. Yeah. yeah, I feel the same way. So maybe outright stealing a ship off the bat, mm. we can put that as plan B. It's not scratch it yet. <laughs> Roll insight checks as you are walking through this this area, making your way to the skyport. Three. It's 17. 13. Three. Nine. Okay, so more than you having a look around in this weary state that you're in, having been beaten and bruised from the night, you can see people seem to be meandering through and uh, house lighting beginning to stir in the mess. You don't see any sort of law enforcement moving through this area and everybody seems to be incredibly shocked. That leads you to believe that this place sees very little, if any, crime at all. And nobody appears to be on the search for any arsonists. As a group of tabaxi individual marked with a human move by you from your hiding spot, you hear them say, an accident, there was an accident at the red candle, it's all a flame. And as they pass by, you get that impression that people just seem to think something terrible happened there. Nobody, it doesn't even cross people's mind that this was a malicious act. This just seems like a really kind and unassuming place. Either that or they're just completely ignorant to that. Did that whole place come down? Like if uh, if, if they went over and investigated, are they going to see a massive hole blown through the wall? This place is probably a third completely destroyed in need of repair. Depending on how quickly the, the town acts is whether the building will be saved. So that'll be up to them. Message in the stars can pay for that bill. <laughs> Bring us this... this not for us to worry about we really need to uh get to the worm spire as quick as we can or at least to the outskirts of this city so that we can make our way yeah we need to get out of here and have a proper rest and a breather yeah we're not really known here in general is there anyone close by that we can i still feel like we may need some provisions speaking of what happened to our donkey you guys set it in the stables of the that's right candle oh yeah Left without it. Fuck. <laughs> what do we need to go back for our ass? Uh, yep. Can we see if there's anyone that looks a little bit mm, underwhelmed or poorish in this vicinity that may do us a favor and fetch out a donkey? Uh, roll a investigation check. In this area, you do see quite a few people just sort of making their homes out of a rug that seems to be along the streets and then a lean to that seems to be just their dwelling. But nobody seems to be upset at the fact that that's how they live. It just seems mm. like this is where people come to take a kid before they go off to work. Is there like a middle-aged tabaxi or youngish tabaxi floating around? I'd say that you could probably find yeah. one, yeah. I'd say Rengar would want to approach one of them and, and offer gold to fetch fetch the donkey and bring it to the dock. The donkey and the provisions? Yeah. yeah. You go to this younger individual, this scrawny-looking tabaxi, you can see that they have black tear stains that go down from their eyes all the way to their jaw and as they look towards you he'll happily accept I offer knowing that gold in this specific area is like pretty good currency I'm just gonna offer two gold coins he will immediately take it and he moves off in the direction I explain to him this needs to be done expediously hop to it he he nods at you and begins walking off in that direction Mm -hmm. at that I turn to the group and sort of say you know let's find ourselves a ship do we want to try to find that same ship that we came in on? Or? Yeah, we need those. I'm guessing it's their ship. We need to go. And I, I try at that. I say to Morgan, you might want to clean yourself up a little. Mm. Mm. Sure thing. I'll uh, <laughs> go over bar. bath. Yeah. I'll magic myself this uh, hole in my chest to close. I've got to uh, sort of cover myself. You watch then as Ren 
slides off of your back, moves over to Morvan and just puts one single finger on his chest and you watch as like a pulse or wave just from his central chest, you watch as he's immediately clean and immaculate again. Thank Can you. Can you do that to all of us, Ren? <laughs> <laughs> Thank that, you. Thank you, little one. That's one of the things I can do as many times as I like. That's one of my favorite tricks. He moves over to you, Rango, and you just like, and you're completely clean. I look at my armor, it's freaking glistening and just immaculate. I'm like, you come in handy, little one. It, it doesn't like make you feel any better, but it, you look good. Moves over to Gorgon Bort. That kind of suits you. <laughs> I, 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 I felt that coming. <laughs> I might leave it unless you want to be clean. No, I'd rather, uh, I'd rather seem more intimidating. I don't want people near me. He nods and he says, I didn't even think I could take that smell away. <laughs> Respectfully. And then he goes back and he gestures to climb back on your back. Sure. No offense taken, little wizard. <laughs> <laughs> little whiz. Resting on the largest of three monolithic stone pyres that rise from the sandy waves below, the skyport of Rossadon is the working heart of the community. On the ground, the port is dense, crowded with jigsawed stone buildings tightly packed with assorted tapestries that hang from window to window. The sky is filled with starlight as wind riders and kites built to carry a grown tabaxi sail loftily above the churning, worm-ravaged sands that loom at the base of each of the spires. The eye is also drawn to its vessels. Floating with arcane brilliance, these galleon-like vehicles tower over and purr like giants awaiting command as the patrons below shift cargo. A moving, living and breathing space where everyone has a purpose and nothing stays hidden for too long as there is always someone watching your every move. Gorgonbord, as you scan the eastern side, you can see moving across parts of these lean-to flapping in the breeze, this triangular sail that seems to have the symbol on it that you're looking for. You can see it's to the east of you at the moment. All right. I just start walking that way and just gesture. That's the sail. Let's go up, point to it. So that's, that looks like the uh, symbol we're chasing. Uh, Gorgonbord, do you feel that you may take the lead here or do you want no. me to? No, someone else can take the lead, but we're going this way. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, who are they most friendly with on the on the boat? Little brother, would you mind handling this one? He's not with you. Oh. He went to scope out the situation earlier, moving your way through the various different tents. And it gets kind of maze-like and squishy in ports. Um, and you can see people beginning to move up and back. And there is a bit of gossip hanging around as well as you eventually get to the skyport. And you can see a couple of different ships. The Lionheart floats above the skyport of Rostodon like a balloon in the Macy's Day Parade, ebbing and flowing softly as parties of tabaxi laborers work tirelessly to load and unload the vessel. With its timber hull adorning grains of gold rivulets and its blanket-like sail billowing in the wind, the Lionheart and its crew are a constant in the skyline of the port, watching over the community as Arcana is drawn into the large precious gems mounted on the port and starboard. A comforting hum fills the air. 
there seems to be three or so people that you can tell moving up and down the dock and you can see them like pulling on a on a pulley elevator to bring some supplies back up onto the the airship you can hear this whirring and humming and there's like a like a exhaust sort of propulsion coming from this ship itself and you can feel it moving moving your hair around and there's kind of like a fizziness to the air ren looks and says do you guys want me to go and talk to those pirates maybe don't call them pirates uh, yes little one we'll we'll go and have a chat we need a good story well they're gonna know it's me soon enough as it is along with the rest of our crew it's really not gonna work in our favor to try and play poor boy here because they've seen you before <laughs> well, they do know us as ren begins moving up the gangplank with rengar in tow leaving the three of you sitting by some crates just waiting for word Rengar and Ren are gone for about a minute or two before you hear the voice of Braxton behind you saying, Guys, this is, we have the choice of three different ships. I've scoted it out. <laughs> <laughs> he looks and he says, This one here is probably going to be the hardest. The captain's a little bit of a, um, he's a bit sensitive. So I guess we can't really grease his palms as much as we probably could these other two, but you never really know. If we were looking to take one by force, I think we should go with the big one. All right, Brax, we'll keep that in mind. But <laughs> Ren's decided... Yeah, I've just put it on Ren. Ren's decided to go up and go for this ship. <laughs> he uh, looks at you three disgusted. He's just like, so we're talking. We're not stealing, we're fucking talking. At this stage, yes. Yes, Camel Rider, at this stage. That's not a nickname I appreciate. <laughs> I know, but it may stick. <laughs> Perhaps if I steal the airship, you can call me a master thief. That should anger my brother. Hey, if you can manage to steal one and then fly with us, we can go in two. Hell yeah. I didn't put that idea in yet. <laughs> he smiles at the stars and you four just stay there for the minute as Rengar and Ren move up the gangplank. As you move up, you can see the ship working in pretty good order. You can hear that whirring as if it's in idle and you move your way over to the three uh, individuals pulling on the elevator pulley that seem to be the only three there. You can see two of them are tabaxi. One of them seems to be a human. And as you look over to them, they just pay you no mind. You watch as Ren sort of looks and says, Excuse me. You watch as all three of them look that way. And they continue to work. You then look at Ren. And Ren looks at you. Punches one in the leg. You just like, Doos. And he's just like, It's rude not to answer somebody when they're talking to you. And this human is just like, well, All right, little fellow. Gosh. Is this one yours? He doesn't belong to me. Well, somebody needs to teach him some fucking manners. Mm, well, maybe you should have answered his question. You look at Ren, who looks to you and then looks to him and says, yeah, maybe you should answer my fucking question. <laughs> <laughs> I just raise an eyebrow. You watch as both of the tabaxi are like laughing and the human looks to you and he gets down to his level and he goes, why don't you run along and uh, the adults will do some talking. And you watch as Ren just sort of moves back behind you. And as he walks towards you, Ren looks to Urengar and says, there you go, I got his attention. The rest is up to you. He leans up against you. Oh, <laughs> so good. We've seen this ship before. We haven't seen you four before. We're part of the crew. We um, we usually do the night shift. Mm. Captain's always on the vessel, though. He doesn't leave it. He was, doesn't dare step into the spires anymore. There was a female tabaxi on this last time. Is there? Is she around? There's a lot of female tabaxi on this mm. vessel. And I described the particular one with the tear, long teardrops and... Oh, yes. Um... I think the last trip was was one of her last. Ah, oh, so no more tales. She may be back, she may not be. She's a free spirit. We need some uh, some transport. Who am I best to speak with? You can speak to the quartermaster. Where would they be located? 
They'll be up at the helm, probably marking something off a checkbook. Make my way to the helm. Oh, if you um, if you want to get in his good graces, I uh, I suggest perhaps leading with something other than violence. Noted. He picks up an apple and throws it to Ren, and Ren catches it, and you watch as he looks at him through squinted, angry eyes, and it just disintegrates in his hands. <laughs> and he turns away with you. You could have eaten that. Yeah, well, it sent a better message that way. Now, now, little one, we don't always need to solve these things with disintegrating things. Worked before. Hmm. Be wary of that. And then I continue working forward. And you can see standing on the deck... As you move over towards the back, there is this desk, and on the back of the desk, you can see what looks like a blue-skinned individual in a very nice-looking coat. You can see that he's got this hat that's sort of tilted to the side, and there's a feather, like a white feather, poking out one side, and he just starts to adjust his braces as he scrolls out this map and begins marking something off a ledger. As he turns towards you, you can see he's very aquian in his features, and you can see he's got this slitted uh, nose and some gills in his neck. And he says, Hello. You are a uh, rare sight on this vessel. Being elven or in such good attire? Well, you look immaculate. <laughs> well, you know, I like to keep myself in good nick. Uh, whereabouts are you guys headed? Well, I guess we will be heading across the dry expanse. We we may be doing a run up into the border because uh, we make a lot of money in the, the sky shard. Is there any way, shape or form that you can put us close to the outskirts of town? Of course, there is a way. How many of you are there? Just you and your boy? There is five adults, one child. Well, let's just round it up to 50 gold and you'll have yourself a voyage. Where is it you want to go? 50 gold. Which direction are you heading? The Wormspire Range. He drops his pen. The Wormspire Range. Mm-hmm. Let's make that 200 gold and we will take you within a day's travel of the place. Let's make it 100 gold. I think that's more than fair. I know how much your money goes for here. If you want my crew to brave one of the dangerous airspaces in all of the dry expanse, you will pay us for what we are worth. It is a very reasonable price. For a hundred gold, we could drop you on the southern side of an early grave. On the southern side of an early grave. I know this region well and we've heard tales of it. We will not drop you in the ravine. Please, we are not barbaric. We'll just put you on the southern side. We'll pass over it. We'll put you down on the ground. You can make your way through as you see fit. Let me go and speak with my companions and just note that we will be of aid if anything does decide to go sideways. We're quite adept with our uh, with our weaponry. I'll see what I can do. Also, what is he? Uh, what does roll, bring on, eh? Roll a history check. That will do. A 17. He's one of Sorshan's kin. He's a sea folk. He's a triton. Triton. You do not see any outside of the ocean very often. If they are above land, they're usually in coastal regions close to the ocean. So seeing one in the desert is weird. I see you found yourself a different type of ship. A little far from home, aren't you? He smiles and he says, Ah yes, I replaced the rolling waves of Sorshin for the rolling waves of sand. Let's just say I don't carry favor with the sea god like the rest of my kind does. Duly noted, and I exit the vessel and start walking with Ren and Toe back to the group to explain. You eventually get there, and you, as you do, you can see Braxton like looking at Gorgonboard saying, All I'm saying is if we steal it, we can use it afterwards, it'll be ours forever. And if we don't want to use it, we could sell it. I'm loving the idea. <laughs> I can't fault the idea. Right, well, we but... need to convince my brother that sometimes 
maybe we can combine both ideas. Maybe we could get onto the ship, pay for our travel, and then fuck everybody up and steal the ship for our own afterwards. That depends, everybody that depends on what the people like on the ship. If they uh, tickle me in a way I don't like, then yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. But if we go steal a ship, we're going to have to then get those people off the ship and cause a ruckus before we leave town, which we're trying to leave town uh, without creating a ruckus. He points slowly to the raising fire in the corner of town and he says he is very unnoticeable alright follow my lead as Braxton looks towards Rengar who's approaching <clears throat> so we can make our way to the southern side of an early grave for 100 gold Brax what do you reckon what, 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 what? I'm glad you asked Gorgonbord <laughs> my idea is that we uh, we take the ship because we need to rest and the best place to rest would be in the safety of a vessel mm. and um Something good to have in our breast pockets would be an airship, so after that we'll we'll steal it from these people and keep it for ourselves. Anyone that's neutral good? Any good flavors here? I am good. That's <laughs> why I don't <laughs> try brother. to murder uh, uh, Who pray tell of this group is going to fly this vessel? Sure, in time we will learn. In time that we don't have. I'm just being opportunistic. I love your enthusiasm, but... What happened to selling me this pen, Brax? <laughs> You were meant to... <laughs> Ringo's looking at you like, what pen? <laughs> no, you meant to sell us on the idea. That didn't sound convincing at all. I'm blaming it all on Brax that yeah. we're not stealing the ship now. <laughs> <laughs> if we take this ship, we may be able to use it to get to your mother later. I nod, but I say, I'm sure we can find some other means of getting to her. This airship, <laughs> we, we really need to make haste with our quest for this one and sort that out later. As much as I would love to do that. Brax, maybe we just get on the ship and then we start talking about, hey, how, how hard is this thing to fly? I'm more going to charm up and say I'm not taking part of murdering a crew that haven't done... No one done. said murder, Morven. Murder is a strong word. The boy's ears does not need to hear how many, word, how many people did Rengar clock on the ship? Just the workers plus the one? Three plus one. And we know the Leonin's in the cabin. Yes. Okay. It's five versus six. Uh, I'm shaking my egg on. I'm not. Unless they attack us, I'm not going no. to be attacking them. No, no, no. Duly noted. I'll say we go with this. I mean, we could even find the gold if we I really mean, needed the gold. you already have such a good rapport with this crew. Yeah. <laughs> I'm all about building bridges. So, uh. I fucking hate you. Let's pick up. <laughs> ah, camel rider. Let's go. As Braxton and Gorkenbord just walk fucking steamingly up the ship already. Like, yeah. You watch as Braxton goes and puts a hand on your shoulder, Gorkenbord, and does that, like, shove. <laughs> and he, you don't move, and he goes, mm, that didn't work as I thought it would. You watch as Ren looks to the rest of you that are staying there and goes, are you going on the fucking ship or what? Hey, what's your language, mate? <laughs> you say that over your shoulder, and he says, I learnt it on the ship. Yeah. That's a sailor talk. If you're not a sailor, you, you can't use those what's words. What's on the ship stays on the ship. Noted. <laughs> I'm a sailor. I can say cool stuff. You all get onto the gangplank, and then you make your way up to this gentleman. As you guys do, you look towards the uh, the quartermaster, and he says, "A varied group. That is for sure. Multicultural, sophisticated. You were all on this ship before, were you not? Tails picked you up. You were the group that were uh, stranded in the sandy sea." I don't know why you're smiling. Because it was funny. <laughs> no? Am I mm. mistaken? That was us, yes. Well, you ruffled the feathers of the captain. 
They also find that funny, so um, welcome aboard. I didn't know your captain had feathers. Well, he doesn't. He has fur, but well, for the uh, you know, for the price of um, giving you some humour, you could probably take off you know twenty five, fifty gold off the. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so you got you again. <laughs> <laughs> roll, roll a persuasion check. All right, here we go. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes, you did get me again. He wipes a tear off of his eye and he says, Okay, let's say, let's say 80 gold for all of you. You can pull your weight, do some jobs, maybe load some of the cargo, call it even. What is that? 80 gold for all of us? Aye. Done. Yep. Weight pulled. Get us on. Get us the fuck on. <laughs> this individual takes the money from you, so somebody mark that off, please. And over the next... 20 or so minutes, you begin to load cargo onto the ship. Over the course of this period as well, roll perception check, please. Please tell me it's a donkey someone to be seen. Oh, nat 20. What are we rolling perception for? You'll uh, find out if you're successful. Still working on my humour. Alright, so Gorgonbort <laughs> is stuck writing jokes in a notebook while <laughs> Barnabas begins hauling things left and right. He's also pulling out a notebook and Got unicorns on it. <laughs> <laughs> Morvan and Rengar, you guys do see the similar to Baxi drawing a donkey um, over his shoulder, just looking left and right, seeing if he can see you guys. Eventually, one of you goes down and gets the donkey. And with your 25, Rengar, off into the corner, you can see one black-robed individual just sort of look at this guy with the donkey and then dart off into the shadows. Is there a chance they've tampered with the supplies? They got to him first. I roll a quick detect magic on the cart. With the wand? Yep. Seems to be all natural. Okay. Quick inspection? Yeah, roll an investigation check with advantage, I'll say. And 18. You open all the packs. It doesn't appear that any of the food has moved place. You look at the tobacco individual and he says, didn't move anything. It's all there. I say, seems you made a friend though. But I... Glance over. Is he still staring directly at us? He seems to have vacated from the position he was in. Right. Like ducking away. Okay. And I say, you stay safe. And that's it. Thanks for the coin. You take the donkey up the gangplank. You see that the three people that were on the ship, the two tabaxi and the one human, as well as the Acrian Triton, seem to be the only ones on the vessel manning it. You watch as they move in a team of four to fire up the central engine. You feel this whirring beginning to intensify. And as it does... All of your belongings are blown upward that are on your person. And as you feel that, you watch as the the airship begins to rise. You guys begin to travel through the air. You can feel the sand begin to hit your face as you begin to pick up speed and it begins to bank below the level of the spires. And you can see the rocky structures are quite strong. You look towards the bottom and you can see a big massive worm cresting across one of the parts of the the low tide, if you will, from the sand, and you can see its glass-like uh, outer husk reflect the moonlight. You begin to make your way south. You feel the wind beginning to pick up, and as you do, you guys begin to maneuver around the area, being given commands. Against a blanket of blues, purples, and blacks, the lion heart sails through the cloudless night. Stars light the way with swells of Milky Way-like galaxies highlighting the untouched nature of the land below by the industry of the Empire. 
as Barnabas, Gorgonbord, Rengar, and Morvan absorb this breathtaking sight, their eyes are drawn to the sand's rolling dunes as twinkling fires speckle the landscape in parts, the only indication of life below. As the lion heart banks towards the south, the diamond sky dances with shooting stars. The beauty of this scene overshadowing the dangers that lie underneath. Well, it looks like we are here. We'll drop a ladder for you, shall we? You all eventually get onto the elevator pulley and you can see that it begins to get lowered by one of you who turns the, the crank. As you begin to touch down onto the sandy soil, you can feel it soft underneath your feet and boots. The donkey moves its way off the elevator and Ren moves a scarf over his head again and he says, Oh yeah, sand. You watch just as he's about to take his last step off of the plank, he gets back on and he says, fuck! And then he comes back onto the sand <laughs> and he moves his way towards you. Good man. Looking around in this vicinity, is there anywhere immediately that we can set up camp and have a rest? Okay, so immediately what you see in the nighttime is you can hear the howling of the wind and that dulls most of your senses and you can see the sand beginning to blow across your vision too. In the distance you can see dunes that seem to be towering and... and um, they don't appear to be rolling or moving and you see some rocky structures throughout as well. As you look further to the south and, a moon, and the moon begins to part from the clouds, the light shines down on the area ahead of you. And just in the distance, you begin to see what looks like something outside of the usual in terms of your, your rocky structure because it seems to be architectured in a way. You can see like a, a dome-like structure that seems to be half buried in rock and it's 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 quite in the distance at the moment, but it stands out amongst the, the natural features. Right, so where are we going? You know where we're going, little brother. To the Worm Spine Range. Delightful. Any chance we could get a sleep? Yep. And you watch as he begins to trudge forward. Seem like you're in a good mood, Brax. Um, you take first watch and I'll, uh, I'll have a snooze. What a wonderful idea, Gorgonbord. I'll <laughs> keep both my eyes on you intently. Have a... Have a restful night's sleep, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. I will. As you begin to walk through this sand, uh, roll constitution saves for me. Natural 20. That's two for me today. Oh, yeah, plus five, uh, 13. 24. 14. So as you begin to trudge through this area, the sand is quite porous, so your feet sink into it quite a bit, almost to the shin on every step. It takes a whole lot of effort to be able to move your feet out as you trudge along, and every single step you take seems to take double the time and effort. You watch to see Ren beginning to get really, really exhausted, and Brack sort of picks him up and puts him sitting on his shoulder like Groot and Rocket style. Gorgonbort, you're also starting to feel exhausted, so you get one point of exhaustion. As you're beginning to trudge through, the hammer weighing down on your back, the wounds sustained from the fire and the injuries before, the other three of you seem to be fine as you trudge forward. The wind's still blowing the sand in your face. And the temperature is warm, but it's not nearly as oppressive as it would have been if it was the daytime. So as you begin moving to the nearest rocky structure, you veer off your path a little bit towards the west. And as you move a little bit towards the west, you sort of bank down in this one that sort of crests over, providing some shelter underneath. As you sit there and you look around, it looks like this space has been used as a camp before, as there's some area that seems to be cleared out. You can also see some rocks surrounding this pit area that seems to have been dug out for a small fire. And you see the bones of some, like the rib cage of a small, like rat marsupial or, or mammal that had been eaten as food. It seems to have been thrown away. Braxton moves over with Ren and places him down. 
And he looks towards you and he says, First watch is mine. Looks like you all need to rest. Grab the donkey, tie the donkey up, and um, lay at the uh, hind legs of the donkey and rest against it. Morvan will put up a seat and do his trance. Um, once that's done, he'll identify on those items. Braxton stays up through the night. You see him looking at the stars. As you finish your trance, Rengar, after these four hours, you look towards Ren, completely and peacefully asleep. You look at Gorgonbort and also Baron, and they also seem to be asleep in their bedrolls, the fire dwindling down to small embers. The cover of this rock shielding you from most of the wind that seems to be coming through. As you look around and you look towards Braxton, you can see he's got his portion of the blade and also yours and he's got it on the floor and he's looking at it and he doesn't seem to notice you're awake. Stealthily walk up behind him. Uh, Roll stealth check. That is a 30. What do you do? I just creep beside him and uh, as I normally do, I got you again. (laughs) As you say that, he turns around quickly. You see him unsheath the blade and he says, "Ah, Brother, don't do that. You know my nerves aren't what they used to be. Besides, I heard you anyway. Just trying to stick it back together. He watches he's put it out like a puzzle. And he says, Not that I care or anything, but did you find out what this was? Yeah. Um, I was given some information uh, before being given some extra information with regards to Little Morven. And uh, I'm speaking quite so no one else can hear. This needs to be reforged at a, a great forge or by a, an expert um, blacksmith. Uh, there was mention of a cradle of life that can be used or there's an area within it to be used to bring this back to its former glory. It was a weapon from the uh, Great God's War that was gifted and I relay the tale that was given um, by the Thraxi to him. He listens to it and he says, Can we trust the word of this cat? To be fair, little brother, the, the I would trust every word that came out of his mouth as he told me exactly what was going to happen. Uh, What's his obsession with Morvan? That's pretty extreme. We picked up an artifact much, much a time ago, which I'm not sure what the exact problem is with it, but we, we do know that it's dabbles in some magic that's not, not necessary. Some dark shit. Some dark shit, yeah. Right. It seemed that cat had it out for him either way. Yeah. I don't know what does this whether, have to do with the boy? Yeah, I don't know what the intentions are, but he doesn't seem to want more than to learn from the young boy or to learn any more so it seems or exist but he seems loyal to you he is I think there's there's something that maybe even he doesn't know that resides within him I mean there was a really fucking powerful sword and I could use it to cut down my enemies I definitely would even if it was you know a little bit questionable self-sacrifice for the greater good. Seems our views are a little aligned there. Either way, I'm glad the boy's safe. I've gotten uncharacteristically fond of him. You and me both. Although his language is disgusting. I like it. Go and take your rest, little brother. Good idea. You watch as he walks past Gorgonbord and gives him the wettest willy. (laughs) (laughs) And as he does, he rolls up a bedroll and goes to sleep. The night goes on. Roll a uh, perception check for your watch and this will be the last leg of the watch. Mm, Perceptions. 14. Dawn begins to occur. The sun begins to rise and as soon as the sun rays hit, it starts to get immediately hotter. This dry heat that just seems to be a blanket wrapped around everybody. You look towards your companions and they start to sweat in their sleep. 
As you look towards the horizon atop one of the dunes, you do see what looks like four riders. You can see that they seem to be heavily built in their make. They seem to have these these naturally constructed blades or weapons on their back, and they seem to be atop very giant boars that seem to have these curling tusks. You watch as they seem to patrol down the dune, look to the left and the right, and then they move off in a direction to the east. At that distance, would I note that they're orcish in nature? You definitely know that they're orcish in nature. As you look at this area, as the sunlight begins to illuminate it, you see a similar sort of uh, hitching post that you saw in one of the places before that you rested in the dry expanse that seems to have some animal fur lingered around that you note to be boar fur. You also see atop one of the rocks some score marks in that you know boars do when they're, they're tusking. And you can see what looks like tracks of some orcish individuals through the area. Roll a survival check, actually, as well. Eight. Having a look around, you, you, it clocks on you how recently this site may have been used as danger sort of hits your immediate front of your mind. You can't really tell how old it was. Mm. Um, you know that there were some signs of a fire when you first arrived, but as you have that thought, the rest of your party begins to awaken. Did Morvan identify those? Um... You would have. The two sheaths... As you were identifying them, you watched as two daggers appeared in them. You took them out, and as you take them out, you sort of lay them to the side, and you watch as the daggers disappear and then reappear back into the sheaths. There's two of those. This dagger that you look at that has this curved and long sort of blade that seems to be riddled with this green vein of fluorescent energy. Uh, You see a small latch on the hilt, and as you press it, you watch as the blade ignites this green colour. That's a... A dagger of venom. Barnabas has had some, uh, some thoughts overnight. Ringo, when you spoke to uh, Message in the Stars, did he mention more than by name when you were talking about someone he had to kill? Yes. You sure? Because we have two party members and there was one he had to kill. Did he say more than? Because he said he reminded him of the current issue. Saw him becoming evil, but was it definitely more than? I feel a dagger in someone's chest and the want to kill him. Ren had two assassins that went to him. Some very valid point, Barnabas. Mm. There was no mention of Ren having to die. Very good point. So who's the greatest threat? Who knows if they meant for the two assassins to kill Braxton and Ren. Well, there's three in total. Two would be sent to the da- most dangerous one. Two would be sent to kill two individuals as he may have thought that he was being watched by someone. It is a good point, though. Braxton joins the conversation. He says, There's nothing wrong with the boy. Not an evil bone in his body. Roll an inside check. Uh, 18. However, Morvin and Barnabas, you look at him and he hasn't lost sight of the sleeping wren. You can see affection in his eyes perhaps clouding judgment. Maybe you're too close to this boy to make that sort of call. But I feel like my head is... is unaltered. Perhaps we should be trying to lead that boy to the light, try to limit his uh, exposure to this violence. He seemed to be quite... Impressionable. impressionable. He seemed quite impressionable and he, he sort of had a violent flair after the fact of killing them. And I mean, purely just uh, the ship thing. Like as soon as you're on a ship, you can say fuck. It's just instantly like boom. I can I can do that. Like that, that's definitely. Yeah, I feel the same. Maybe, but yeah, I think everyone here is a product of what their surroundings are. It's not 
for someone to say that someone is inherently evil or good or there is specific things within someone, I feel like we, Are we if talking, he's with uh, us, we need to... How can this boy remind message in the stars of somebody that this boy has never met? I don't feel that it's a hear me out here, everyone. I don't feel it's that he's the problem or there's something wrong with him. I feel that possibly he thinks that Dalnak has an ability to be able to gather maybe something special from the child or and I look to Morvan and say maybe something that you may learn from the child that he can get his hands on you raise a good point Ren's ability in Delnak's hands would be uh, quite devastating or Ren's ability to teach Morvan nothing wrong with me learning it's not anything wrong with you but so if you learn it and Delnak's got a con there's some sort of conduit between the two of you Ren I'm just standing out some reasoning here if uh, Morvan learns this disintegration of Ren, if that somehow got back to Dalnak through that conduit, you're both sort of seeing visions of each other. If he can see visions through to you and learn that same move at the same time. Would uh, Morvan know of any presence of mind or any sort of intrusion from Dalnak? Does he think it's a one-way thing or does would he have sensed something or... Did, did you tell us about the intrusions? Did we know about You've that? told us one before. You've told him about yeah. one. Roll an arcana check. Uh, 20. 20, okay. So with the 20, you recall both of the visions that you had connecting you to Dalnak the Outcast. And as you do, the first one that you had in the campfire just outside of Undercliff, it was intense. You felt the emotions and feelings of Delnak in a strong way and you woke up feeling that way too. This second one that you've had in Rostodon, it didn't appear as strong, almost as if the connection was broken or faded. It was the last little lingering essence upon you. Well, I'll relay that, that I had the vision of uh, Delnak attacking Valiant Odyssey. And I, I say that I, I felt that connection very strongly, but I also had a vision before I was attacked uh, last night of him summoning the actual spirit-bound tome. Uh, so it's actually in his possession. He has the tome? He has the tome, but it's and he was with a halfling. But I've known mm. that half. It was the blade who Danax linked back up with the blade. But this was uh, less strong, this one. That seems to be a broken, broken the link, I would be thinking. Braxton looks to you and says, This vision was weaker than your last. That does indicate that perhaps his hold on you is over. Where the fuck did you get that orb, Morvan? Uh, in our earlier travels, it, we actually took it from uh, Orc. I was. Said to be an heirloom. Correct? An heirloom of a man called Scantlin and. From that, uh, it could be used to reanimate the dead, a spell. And he looks towards Ren and he says, Gnarly stuff. I think maybe we should pay this Scanlan a visit one day. It was many years ago and... Is he still alive? We've not heard well, a we've, about him. We've now. jumped ahead. Since our... He was in Monitus. Have you ever been through there, Braxton? I trade his town. Mining town. I've spent the night. He was a ward of the... Warden of the town, he was sort of like their speaker. He wasn't... I was there about a year ago. Their town elder had recently died. He tried to kill the town elder when we were there and we persuaded him otherwise. Well, they have a new elder now. Mm, whose name is? I didn't catch his name, I wasn't in town long enough. Did but you he... see what he looked like? Yeah, he was tall. He had dark hair, gaunt features. Did he have an emblem of a peacock on him? 
Yeah, up on his lapel. Mm-hmm. On that his was chest. that was Scantlin's house emblem, house uh, animal. Well, it appears that he has reached his goal four years after the fact, or thereabouts. Concerning, nonetheless, but our focus should lie with what is ahead. You need to keep us uh, informed of any of these visions or lack mm. thereof. Yeah, well, I don't expect any more if my link has been broken, but... Uh, Maybe the further you get away from the object. Where did you dispose of it? You said you threw, you threw it in the depths below. It is with the worms and the <laughs> yeah, okay. moving sands. I don't think anyone will be getting that. That said, Danak managed to procure the spirit bound tome from within the Arcania Institute, which I imagine would have impressive magic seals. I'll say you're having this conversation over eating some food and... Again, Morven will uh, wrap himself up, similar to Ren, protect his head from the sun and whatnot. Do we know that orc riders were around? Or- oh, a relay, definitely. I'd say that, you know, this is this is a camping ground for what appears to be some orc riders. Uh, I've just seen four of them in the distance. We should be wary of this. It's looks to be a little fresh, so maybe oh. we'd be best on our way and keep an eye out. At that as well, Braxton says... Perhaps what you saw, brother, was a morning scouting party. Seems like they, if they wanted to check out this area, they would, but we are on the southern side of what they call an early grave, so we should be on the lookout for orc riders at least. Agreed. At this time, you know it to be very early in the morning, but the heat is extremely oppressive. You start to sweat. The moisture from your breath almost immediately vanishes as it's expelled. Your lips begin to dry and crack. As you talk, in the moment any sweat drips onto the sand, it sizzles away in the heat. As you look towards this expanse, you can see yellow dunes masked with an incredibly blue sky open. And in the distance, these heat mirage lines just seem to obscure your vision. You can see in the shade, it is quite bearable, but having stepped out just for but a moment to experiment with this new surrounding, it's almost... It's going to be incredibly difficult to travel this train by foot. There is definitely rocky outcroppings across the way uh, that you could definitely navigate yourself between. Also trying to keep an eye out for it was a little bear spirit or uh, entity that would make itself known to us. Perhaps we could move slowly during the day to try to conserve energy and I think that I agree. would be somewhat stealthy. Survival check. Or Arcana check. Nat 20 plus 7 plus 5, so 32. So after your trance and identifying these objects, Morvan, you definitely took the time and mapped out your course with exhaustion and danger on the rise. You want to get this right. So you get the octant, you put it onto the map displaying the constellation, you use the magnetometer to orientate yourself. You have a very, very good understanding of where you may need to go in order to find where Orion's blade would be pointing and where the totem of Little Bear may be found. Point to the map and say, there's where we're heading, here's where we are. And By chance, where Morven points to, is it similar to where that dome thing is that you just said we saw? No, where Morven is pointing is to where the um, Little Bear's totem and the Orion's blade points to is much further than that would be. That That's quite close in comparison. Let's um, boogie that way. You begin making your way across the sands, taking time in order to move from shade to shade. 
you hear and see some cores of like some carrion birds in the sky. None of them seem to be very large and you just watch them as they dip down below a dune, rise back up with some sort of mammal in their talons. As you look around as well, the heat mirage is extremely oppressive and you get back down towards uh, one of the rocky outcroppings and you begin to venture on in your travel. You can see this dome getting closer and closer to you, this manufactured looking piece of architecture and as you get closer you can see half of it seems to be toppled and almost buried in part of the dune. It seems to be in between two of these rocky outcroppings and beyond it is just like heat mirages and dunes that you can see, almost sandy in its make. Uh, looking around you don't seem to see any more orcish riders I'd say that you would be constantly vigilant for that Rengar. You, and what did you say about the structure like what does it look like like obviously not of orcish build it's it doesn't look of orcish build as you get closer towards it you can see that it's definitely architecture made of stone almost like a sandstone sort of structure it's domed in its make almost looks circular and there seems to be a various amount of spires coming off of it but half of it is buried in what looks like an um, uprising dune as if uh, a sandstorm had covered half of this structure and it does seem quite large as well old like yeah. We, yeah looks old as you see the rocky structures on the outside of it it seems to be weathered and cracked in places i look at ren and does he ask him if he knows what this is is he does it look familiar from what i remember i've never been this far south i was up on the other side of an early grave and wandered my way into the sky spire um, I can always send Dowley to go have a idea. scope while we're trying to hang back and be stealthy and whatnot. Just mm -hmm. make sure it's not... See uh, if it's even occupied or whatever. See if it's, it's occupied, empty. make sure... Well, you said there are no walks in the area, but yeah. just want to make sure it's not a camping spot for... As you begin to send Owly out, you watch as Morvan's eyes begin to glaze and you can see him going into the senses of the owl. It flaps along the breeze, and you can see it's hard to control Owly through this as the wind seems to pick up the higher the altitude is. I roll a perception check for Owly, please. 18, 15 plus 3. Okay, so with an 18, you scan the horizon looking down directly at this structure, and what you can see is some leveled stairs that seem to act as seats on this semicircle-like building. You can see that there appears to be one podium that appears to be sort of crumbled in its make, and you can see on the floor there appears to be pillars that stand in this area that seem to be crumbled and lost to time. You can see a dune takes up half of it as well as Ali sees this structure and looks beyond. You can see what looks like a red sort of crackling cloud that seems to be rolling in your direction. Just off in the distance is like a weather event that you can also pick up with your perception check. Uh, can I ask Ren if he had been from the desert, has he heard of this sort of storm? Is it a natural occurrence? Harsh winds and, and blowing sand is, is, is common in the dry expanse. I guess the further you go in, the more harsh they get. This red crackling energy storm is not a... Well, none that I've ever experienced, but some people from the Sky Spy used to say that they should be avoided. The red tornadoes, they can blow a man apart. It seems to be slowly moving towards you. Like a crackling storm looming mm. in the distance. Perhaps we should make for this dome a shelter. If this storm is heading towards us, we don't want to be in the open. Well, sounds like a good option. As you're walking, the sun begin to blaze almost in the middle of the sky. Can you guys all roll constitution saves for me? Gorgonbot? Seven. Exhausted. Eight. 
Okay. Four. Exhausted. Ringo? 23. You're fine. Um, you look at Ren and he seems to be going okay, but Braxton begins moving uh, sweat across his brow. He seems to be quite exhausted too. As you begin tracking and you get closer, you can actually see that this structure looks a lot like a Colosseum. And as you look at it, you can see on its doorway that's half buried in sand, two structures with their heads lopped off. You can see that they're standing tall spears in their hands. And as you look beyond, you can see the sand of what used to be the podium floor, these pillars and columns just crumbling inside. You look towards the sky and you can see the hue or the gradient of the storm seems to have gotten quite closer and the wind has definitely picked up in this area and it gets hard for you guys to be able to speak to one another without having to yell over the sound of the of the actual wind. You watch as you look towards Braxton Rengar and he's looking quite exhausted and he says, We made it. Everybody inside, quickly. And you watch as he sort of stands at the doorway and ferries you guys in, making sure you're getting to safety. As you walk inside, you're immediately met with a quietness that hits you as you're sheltered from this area in this immediate dome uh, that seems to be an arced doorway that tunnels into what looks like a sitting area that goes down into an audience chamber almost. You look around and you can see this is like an ancient battle area fighting for sport. And the doorframe itself is like 50 feet high. It's very big. The lopped off head a feature of the statue or had it been done afterwards? It looks like it's eroded off and you can see like the tips of the spears emulate that sort of erosion yeah. as well immediately i will cast that yeah cast yeah. a tech magic as we're yeah. walking through the the area as you cast that 30 foot ping around you the only magic you detect is that that's on you you do get a very strong sense from ren also but that's not uncommon sit yourselves down watch as the sun begins to beam down and you guys take a little bit of a rest That's it for this week's episode of D&D Valiant Odyssey. Guys, if you like the changes that you heard in this week's episode, we want to thank our patrons once again for making them all possible. If you're a person who hasn't joined our Patreon and you're wanting to join the club, make sure you go to patreon.com forward slash D&D Valiant Odyssey. And that link is in the show notes below. If you want to support us in a different way, you can do one of three things you can tell a friend about our show. We did a survey recently and we saw that 64% of our followers and listeners actually heard about our podcast from someone else. So go out and tell somebody about the magic that is D&D Valiant Odyssey and we will be amazingly grateful for that. The second way, you can rate and review our show. You can do this on Spotify, giving that five-star review, or you can do this on Apple where you can actually write us a review and I promise you, that I read them all and I love hearing from you guys. So make sure that you guys leave us that review. It means the world to us and it really helps support the show and get this in front of lots of different people's ears. The last way that you can follow us guys to keep up to date with everything that's going on at the Odyssey is to follow us on our show socials. We are especially active in the Instagram community. That is at instagram.com forward slash D&D Valiant Odyssey. That link once again in the show notes below. DM us, tell us your thoughts, and we'll shout you out, guys. We love hearing about what you think of our podcast. For this week, I'd like to shout out Tyler from the Role Slayers, who has DM'd us and said how much they loved our show. He said, 
your DM style is great and you have such a great voice for it. So thank you so much, Tyler, for reaching out. We really appreciate it. And we wish you the best of luck in your podcast as well. That is at the Roll Slayers, guys. Our last shout out for the evening goes to Ardellencore. They reached out to us on Instagram and said, hey, just listened on Spotify and left a five-star review. Best wishes and continued success for the Valiant Odyssey. Thank you so much for all the feedback, guys. We really do appreciate it. It goes a really long way in helping us improve our show and delivering the content that you guys want to hear. So thank you as always, guys. Remember that Patreon link is in the show notes below and be valiant. We'll see you next week.